From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. Good morning. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. We are still living through 2020, and at Unity of the Valley, we chose to focus our attention and our intention on the way of peace, knowing that peace is not limited by circumstances. Circumstances can help support that experience of peace, but ultimately, the peace that lives in our hearts, the peace that passes all understanding, is not limited to the circumstances of our life. And what a perfect theme, what a perfect intention for this year that has offered one difficult circumstance after another. So it's good for us to remember that the way of peace comes from within us. And we can bring that peace that lives in our hearts into every circumstance. And we can bless everyone around us with the peace that we bring, the peace that we give. And most of all, we are blessed by the peace that we live and that we nurture and that we share. So now for the next seven weeks, we are focusing on a Fall Reflections small group book study program. And the book also talks about a pathway to peace, how to find peace in our own Awakened Hearts. The name of the book is True Refuge. The author is Tara Brock. And the program runs seven weeks beginning today. Today, Sunday, the 13th, and it goes for seven weeks, ending on the 31st of October. Gary already told you about the wonderful opportunities to be part of this program, I urge that too. Whether or not you even want to read this powerful book, there is such a gift in connecting with others in our community to get to know each other, to talk to each other, to support each other. Sometimes I hear such a hunger for that from the people that I talk to. Well, this is an amazing opportunity. And for those of you who are Zoom shy, I have a message from others who have been in the past. We met yesterday on Zoom and they said, oh, I'm so glad I did it. I can't believe that I'm here having a good time meeting with everyone on Zoom. So it might be easier than you think if you need help or support with it. Email the office, email the church, and we'll help you and support you with it. Um, if you have absolutely no device to, to call in Zoom, let us know. Maybe we can help you with that too. So 
please. I'm inviting everybody. It's, it's a way for us to get together and to connect in beautiful ways. And I agree with Gary that the book, the book is both timely and powerful. So should be a good experience all the way around. Tara Brock is the author of the book, and she's quite an amazing lady. I had the wonderful experience a while ago, almost 20 years ago now, of attending a retreat that she co-led with another Buddhist teacher I really like, Jack Cornfield, and they both made a deep impression. Tara Brock is a clinical psychologist. She, in her clinical psychology practice and in her studies, she focused on the healing power of meditation. She's also a Buddhist by practice. She found Buddhism after she left a yoga ashram where she lived and worked for a while. And she met a teacher named Goldstein, who was part of the Insight Meditation Society. And she learned Buddhism under his teaching, and it became her path. But her path was a Western style of Buddhism with the focus on meditation practice. She embraced insight meditation deeply, and she was one of the founders of the Insight Meditation Society in Washington, D.C. I had a good friend who attended her meditation sittings and raved about it. So she's a, she's a good teacher. She's soft-spoken. So at first you don't know how powerful she is. So she's a retreat leader. She was a yoga teacher in the past. She's an author. She has classes online, so she's a, a meditation teacher today. And she wrote this book that we're studying, True Refuge. So today the focus of the message, the focus of this talk is refuge. And just taking a look at it, if this is what we're going to be talking about for seven weeks, taking a look at what it is. What is refuge? And why does it matter? I mean, why spend seven weeks on refuge? I mean, isn't that kind of overkill? I mean, everyone, everyone knows what joy is and how important joy is. And we can spend seven weeks, six months, a year talking about joy and no one would question it. And everyone knows how important love is and how we could talk about it endlessly and never quite grasp the fullness of love. We've been focusing on peace for a year and we could keep going. But refuge? I mean, is this really worth seven weeks of our time? I think it is. I think it, it's very worth it. Refuge has several definitions, but the ones that I pulled that I really liked the first one, especially, refuge is a condition of being safe. 
It's a consciousness of being safe. It's a physical condition of being safe. And refuge is also used to describe a place of shelter, that place that provides safety and protection. And so why is that so important? What makes refuge worth studying, exploring, seeking? Refuge allows us, excuse me, Refuge allows us to live and to breathe on many, many levels. This is true, and it's not just true for us, for people. Throughout the living world, throughout the animal kingdom, refuge is important, and without it, we cannot live or breathe. I used to, before the pandemic hit and before parks closed, I used to go to a regional park, a a wonderful dog park that's hundreds of acres and dogs get to run free and it's along the water, so I would enjoy walking there. The name of it is Point Point Isabel Regional Shoreline. And when you'd walk along the paths, there'd be grassy and dirt areas, and some dogs would be there just transfixed like statues, looking down at the ground, and I would wonder what in the world is going on, and apparently for certain dogs, even more important than getting to run and play is getting to look into gopher holes, waiting for the gopher to come up. So this is basically what it looks like and they just stand there and look but the thing is down deep inside there there is a gopher and for that gopher that hole was his refuge or her refuge and so the gopher could actually do what gophers do I guess they dig tunnels and they hang out and maybe eat that gopher could live and breathe because It had refuge. Without that gopher hole, all that gopher could do would be run for its life. And there'd be no life. And the breathing would always be rapid and not really healthy because you don't get much oxygen when you breathe for the purpose of running from a predator. Same idea for us. I mean, when you travel anywhere... In our country, you see houses, you see townhouses, you see apartments. You, we build physical structures that become our refuge. And not just from the physical elements and the physical surroundings, but we walk into these places that we've turned into our homes and we feel safe. We can take our shoes off and walk barefoot. 
or wear those goofy slippers or you know they our hair doesn't even have to be combed we feel safe to just be who we are so that physical structure gives us the gift of refuge and when we are safe in that way we can live we can create we can love we can enjoy we can laugh and we can breathe we can breathe deeply and in a way that allows our body mind and spirit to align in an amazing and healthy way and for those people who don't have a home a physical structure then finding alternative refuge sometimes becomes a full-time job and we see tents or we people see people finding you know relatively safe places to huddle but that becomes one of the primary activities of life is finding refuge food and shelter sustenance and refuge those those two things those two very basic and necessary things allow us to live to live fully to live in a way that is satisfying it allows us the luxury of growing and evolving transforming there is a psychologist dr maslow he may have been a psychiatrist but in any case he was a brilliant man and he taught about human needs and he says at the very basic level we need safety and we need food and until those two are met we don't pursue the higher level needs we don't pursue accomplishments we don't worry so much about our social circle we don't worry about if our hair is messed up and what other people think about the need for safety and for sustenance for food comes first and then once we have refuge once we have enough to eat then we pursue life in very amazing ways we become creators of great things we become inventors we become poets we become teachers we become engineers or techy people in california right now we have fires and people are either going to other people's homes or they're finding hotels or t- they're moving to safety in rvs so in the face of threat refuge still is very central to what we need and what is important so refuge is a con- a condition of being safe refuge allows us to live and to breathe but the thing is the thing is you know we can have a beautiful home we can have enough to eat 
And we can still long for refuge with, from the deepest part of our hearts. Because even when we're physically safe, we long for that experience or consciousness of safety. For that peace that awakens in our hearts when we are safe on all levels. We can be in a wonderfully physically safe environment and our guts can be tightening up because something is bothering us or irking us or frightening us. Or maybe we look back on something we did and didn't do and we cringe at the thought of, oh my gosh, I did that. Our heads can pound because we're overwhelmed with too many things to do and maybe three or four things are demanding attention all at the same time. In the midst of the stuff, in the midst of the fires and the pandemic and the economic challenges and the isolation and the news and the anger and the politics, we can end up feeling small. We can end up afraid. We can feel helpless, hopeless. And there we are, it's difficult to breathe. And it's difficult to live when we are caught up in it. And we all know what it is, right? And I know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here because everyone who's part of this service right now is a spiritual giant and has an amazing spiritual practice and knows better. I know better. But I still get caught up in it. My guess is that each and every spiritual giant listening gets caught up in this too. It's just the way we're made. Something frightens us and a chain reaction of physiological changes happen within us and we start getting stuck. There is a way of thinking in our culture that fills our mind whether we invite it or not and we get stuck. Or the conditions, the conditions just keep escalating. Those fires, they're getting worse. The pandemic, I don't know, it it seems a long way from being gone. I, I know and I affirm and I see it gone. But it's not going to happen this week. So it becomes difficult to breathe. It becomes difficult to live when we get caught up in it. And so it's because of this that Tara Brock teaches about true refuge. She tells her own story. She was diagnosed with a chronic debilitating illness and really felt attacked by it and resisted it and fought it and learned that she needed to see it differently. She needed to be able to say yes, to say I consent and work with it and find that true refuge, the one that lives in her awakened heart.
She told stories of people that came to her for counseling or spiritual coaching. And one woman, Pam, was taking care of her husband who was dying. And Pam talked about the pain of that, how deep the pain was. But the worst part for Pam was she was terrified she would not take care of Jerry, her husband, well enough that she wouldn't do a good job. And Pam needed to just accept that she was doing the best she could and and the fact that she was there loving Jerry was good enough. So this comes up in many different ways, many different circumstances, and the process is so human and so foundational to who we are. This is why I think this book is a wonderful place to focus our attention, a wonderful book to talk about with each other. Tara Brock says, and so in those situations we pray for refuge. Help, I want to feel protected and safe loved and at peace. I want to belong to something greater than just myself. Have you ever felt that, that wanting to feel protected and safe and part of something greater, greater than myself, than just myself? And this is paraphrased because the actual quote was too long to fit. But she she said essentially, saying I consent or yes relaxes our defenses against the present moment and allows us to be more present and more open-hearted. Last week, Reverend Sonia Milton talked about the power of saying yes. And Tara Brock teaches the same thing, I consent. It doesn't mean that I choose this challenge to fill my life. But the fact that it is filling my life, I consent to be present for it. I consent to find a true refuge in my heart in the midst of it. I consent to still live fully in the face of it. That's what she means by being more present and open-hearted, living more fully in the face of it. And when I say yes, and I consent, when you do that, I believe you will find that you can breathe again that you are gifted again with that present moment, that sense of being fully alive despite what might be happening. Again, Tara Brock said, this yearning for refuge is universal. It is what lies beneath all of our wants and all of our fears. We long to know that we can handle 
what is coming. We want to trust ourselves, to trust life. So as we move through this book, taking a close look at refuge and practicing skills that lead us to that true refuge that lives in our hearts, we grow that sense of the greater self, that I am greater than this. And we learn to trust ourselves to move through these challenges. And that trust expands to a trusting of life and that ability to breathe and to live no matter what may be happening. Another Buddhist teacher that we've read and talked about is Thich Nhat Hanh. And he says, do not lose yourself in the past. Do not lose yourself in the future. Do not get caught in your anger, your worries, your fears. We could add your sadness, your helplessness, your hopelessness, your sense of loss. Do not get caught in those. Honor them, allow them, acknowledge them. But do not get caught in them. Always, as you notice them, as you give them their moment, come back to the present moment and to the truth of what is right now. And then when you do that, you touch life deeply. So we take refuge in God, in truth, in love, in the presence that we experience when we set out on this path of awakening true refuge. This is why refuge is worth seven weeks of our life or maybe even much more. So welcome to our book study program. If you sign up, your facilitator will give you a packet that is a study guide. If you do not sign up for a group, call me, call the church or email and I'll talk you into it. No, if you do not sign up for a group and you still want a study packet, email the church and ask for one and we will send one to you. I wish for each and every one of you, each and every one of us, true refuge, the peace and freedom of an awakened heart. Namaste. Thank you for listening to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. 
You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org. Just